1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Coming up momentarily, we are expected to be joined by Jared Dubin. He covers the NFL for CBSSports.com. Buy or sell coming up in about 20 minutes. My name is Karen Taharison. Very happy to be filling in for my guy, Bill Ryder, who is off this week. You're listening on CBS Sports Radio, also the Odyssey app. I'm coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you are looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home solution, for home loan solutions that fit your life, remember that Rocket Mortgage can. Jared Dubin scheduled to join us here coming up in just a bit. I want to read to you guys something from Albert Breer of Monday Morning Quarterback. A few things on Sue Robinson's 15-page conclusion on Deshaun Watson. It was based on four cases brought by the NFL. The fifth case was thrown out because the NFL didn't interview the woman. The NFL interviewed a total of 12 of the women who accused Deshaun Watson of sexual misconduct. It also goes on to say that Sue Robinson criticized the NFL for making calls based on public perception. This is how I think that it started to play itself out. And I do want to read more of what Albert Breer had to say. He's a reporter that I absolutely trust and value his opinion and word and reporting. What I believe happened with Deshaun Watson is the NFL started to get a sense and a feeling that it was going to play itself out the way that it has. That he was not going to get the suspension that they wanted And they started leaking information and putting information out there to let you know their opinion. There was a stretch of about two weeks where all of the information was pro NFL. All of the information was that the league wanted 17 games, that they were going to be harsh on this, that they wanted to crack down. And all of that was put into the media for me with the sole purpose of, well, hey, look, hey. We wanted to do this, but we didn't have anything to do with this. Sue Robinson is the one that's going to make this decision. We don't have anything to do with it. We've just made our suggestion. We've just made our recommendation. And it sounds like, and at least reading these comments from Albert Breer, that that ended up being a negative. That putting that information out there, I think, to sway how harsh her penalty should be maybe made her go more by letter of the law and what the six-game suspension was going to be. It then goes on to say from Albert Breer, who wrote more on this, Sue Robinson's decision wasn't based on the 24 lawsuits. It was based on the five cases brought by the league. So we understand that there were more accusations against Deshaun Watson, but her responsibility is to only go off the ones that she was handed. So she didn't go off the full totality of the 24. She only went off five. This process was negotiated between the NFL and the Players Association in 2020. The league agreed to it in part because some of the owners, after so many missteps in discipline over the last decade, wanted the NFL to step back in this arena and, in essence, outsource some of it. This is from Albert Breer. There was a cloud of mistrust from the Players Association and teams towards Roger Goodell and the NFL. We don't trust you to handle this properly. We've let you handle it, and it's always been imbalanced. It's always come back wrong. Roger, you got a lot of stuff to do. You're trying to expand the game overseas. There's a lot of things that you are trying to deal with. Let's take this off your plate and let's let somebody who has more authority than you handle this process. You handled the Ben Roethlisberger. You handled the Ezekiel Elliott. You've handled all of these other cases. We think that you've gotten it wrong. So now let's outsource this. Let's bring in a third party. Let's bring in a judge. Let's have them go over it and give them their ruling. It then goes on to say, so Roger Goodell and the NFL's decision here is complicated. Do they want to undermine a process that they just established? Do they want to go back to federal court with the player? I don't think the NFL has any choice. I don't think the NFL has any choice but to go through this process again with Deshaun Watson. If the NFL and their wishes were to have a 17-game suspension for Deshaun Watts because of these actions, and in return, they got a six-game suspension, they have to be willing to fight this a little bit more. Are they willing to do that? Well, they show they're willing to do it in other instances. They fought Tom Brady to the death. That thing got as high as the Supreme Court when it came to Tom Brady. I mean, they've shown, at least before this agreement, that they were serious about player discipline. This is the first real case and case study towards how serious they are about this or if Goodell is going to follow this process. Is Goodell willing to follow this process and really take the sword from public opinion? Because that's what will happen. There's some people in this that are still like me that are, frustrated by the six-game suspension, but understand this process and are willing to see it out and see the next phase of it. I'm not going to be too critical of Goodell until we get information on how he's going to play it. This was step one. We all knew we were waiting on her judgment and what she was going to do. Step two is, Roger, it's on you now. You can accept this penalty and say, this is the process, even though I disagree, we're going to move forward, or you're going to fight it. And really see what happens. When you think about everything that Deshaun Watson has been accused of, if this is the way that it ends, he got off so incredibly light. Last year, missing that season with the Texans was not a suspension. He got paid for all of those games. I understand he didn't play. He got his full money from not playing last season. This year, his contract was manipulated in a way that he only is fined $345,000. He's still going to make $45 million this season through everything that happened. So in the end, of all of this back and forth with Deshaun Watson, all of the talk, all the speculation, all the stories, all the everything, the end result is negative $345,000. And six games for that? And is Roger going to sit by and let that happen? From Albert Breer, Roger Goodell and the NFL's decision here is complicated. Do they want to undermine a process they just established? Or do they want to go back to federal court with the player? That part, do they want to undermine a process they just established, is really critical here. And maybe that's a part of this that people don't really care about. But if you're the NFL players, you're the owners, and you're the commissioner, everybody set this plan in place, and the first real chance you have to do it, you then go back and go to the old system? Well, why did we agree to this in the beginning? If you have the ability to just override the ruling, you should have just made that ruling from the beginning. Why do all the negotiating in the CBA for you to have the power in the end To the first chance that you get that you don't like something, we just go back to heavy-handedness. How Roger Goodell plays this is tricky. How Roger Goodell handles this is, to me, not black and white. I do think he wins in the court of public opinion by fighting this. Is he going to win with his other base, though? There's one base, the fans, the paying customers, the people that have helped make this game as big as it is. The other thing is you got to do right by your players. you got to do right by the owners. Ultimately, you work for those owners. They've told you this is the process that they want. Are you going to go back on it? It then goes on. If the NFL appeals and Goodell overturns, it could actually lead to Deshaun Watson playing in the opener. So this conversation is not over regarding Deshaun Watson. In fact, it has just really begun. We all knew that the suspension was going to come down from Judge Sue Robinson. We now know what it is. It's a six-game suspension. Now the NFL has three days to file a written appeal and push for more games. It is my understanding and belief that the NFL wants more games. They want a 17-game suspension for Deshaun Watson. I don't think they'll get the full 17, but there's a lot of numbers between 6 and 17 That at some point to me, Goodell and the players and Deshaun Watson are going to have to agree to, to me, to feed the public's appetite for punishment here. If you do a poll amongst your paying customers, your fan base, I think the consensus Goodell would come back with is, this is too light. And we think based on what he has been accused of, we would like for him to receive a larger suspension than what he's received. Is Goodell willing to fight this more, or is he going to say, this is the process, I've got to back away from the table here, and I've got to take the arrows that come with it? And typically taking the arrows that come with it is what the NFL does. For as upset and frustrated as some people are, when that first game of the season is Buffalo and the Rams, they will have record numbers. The Hall of Fame game is this week. It's Thursday between the Jaguars and the Raiders. I assume it will rate very well. The NFL always banks on, well, there's another game that's coming up. Every single time, that's what they bank on. There's a game coming up. So as mad and frustrated as you are, if we tell you football's on, you will watch. Maybe that's what Goodell plays on here. I understand people are upset. I understand that we will lose in the court of public opinion and public perception here over the next couple of days. But the start of the NFL season is right around the corner. And this is the process that all of us agreed to. I have to accept it. If that's his decision, he has to stand front and center and communicate that. It can't be a written statement. It's got to be a press conference in which the commissioner of the league stands up and communicates why he's making the decision that he's going to make. I don't know how Goodell's going to handle this. I don't know how he's going to play it it's going to be really intriguing to see how this week plays itself out in the most high-profile case since Ray Rice. Coming up on the other side, we'll play a very simple game of buy or sell. That's coming up on Rider Than You Live on CBS Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.
1: Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. You are listening to Writer Than You. My name is Carrington Harrison. Very happy to be filling in for Bill Ryder, who is off this week. So I am here today. I am here Friday. I will not be with you in the middle of the week. Some of you, this news probably makes you incredibly happy. Some of you might be disappointed by this news, but I will be back at the end of the week to fill in for our guy Bill Ryder. Had a lot of fun today. Talked a lot about Deshaun Watson, who was suspended six games. Also paid our proper respects to Bill Russell, one of the greatest Americans that this country has ever produced. I want to be clear when we're talking about Bill Russell because so much of the conversation is about what he accomplished as a basketball player, and he accomplished a lot. You are not having a proper Bill Russell conversation if you don't mention at least some of the things that he did off the court. He received the Presidential Medal of Freedom. You do some pretty incredible things to receive an award like that. The NBA Finals MVP trophy is named after Bill Russell. We're talking about an individual who was a pallbearer at Jackie Robinson's funeral. Also sat front row at Kobe's funeral. You want to talk about someone who really covers the scope of American sports over the last 50, 60 years or so, there is not a person that does that better than Bill Russell. He was at the Athlete Summit with Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali. There might not be a more important basketball player in history. I'm not talking about on-the-court accolades, and I understand Michael Jordan all the things that he has accomplished. There might not be a more important player in NBA history than Bill Russell. When you think about his on-the-court excellence and 11 championships, and everything that he did and accomplished off the court and his accomplishment there as well. He might be the most important player in NBA history. Passed away yesterday at the age of 88. But you know what? I got a little bit of money in my pocket. Not a lot. I got a little bit of money in my pocket, and you know what? I'm in the mood to buy something. It's buy or sell time. What
3: side will Bill take on the biggest issues
2: in the world of sports?
4: It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Carrington, let's start it where we always do by talking some NFL. Now, earlier this offseason, Jerry Jones said he would never sell the Dallas Cowboys. But if he decided to, Sportico has valued the franchise at, get this, $7.64 billion dollars That's Billion with a B, the most valuable franchise in all of sports, $630 more than the New York Yankees. Buy or sell regardless of the Dallas Cowboys' results on the field, they're still America's team. I gotta buy this. Buy.
2: I didn't realize this until I started doing more national radio. As someone who lived in the Midwest and covered a Midwest team with the Kansas City Chiefs, you're sort of in your own bubble. But when I started doing more national and I started seeing the result of talking about the Cowboys versus talking about the other teams, it became very clear to me. They are the most popular team in American sports and it is not close. If you ask... 10,000 NFL fans at random, their favorite team, the number one answer would be the Dallas Cowboys. If the Dallas Cowboys played random games around the country, more people would go watch the Dallas Cowboy games than any other team. Then the Chiefs, the Rams, the Patriots, the Steelers, and those are all incredibly popular teams. By far and away, the most popular team is the Dallas Cowboys. And this is the thing, too. I think the $7.6 billion is low. If the Dallas Cowboys were truly up for sale and they went to the highest bidder, they would go for upwards of $10 billion. Number one, you don't think that they would ever go on sale, and you have to think and keep this in mind. If you are Jeff Bezos, for example, let's just use him, really rich person that we all know, founder of Amazon, you can buy anything you want at any given moment except the sports team. It's not like Jeff Bezos tomorrow's like, hey, you know what? I want to be the owner of the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to buy them today. No, you can't. So when you get a chance to own an NFL team, more specifically, you get a chance to own the NFL team, you are going to spend more money than what they tell you it's worth just to say you have it. So, yes, if the Cowboys came up for sale, they would go for like $12 billion because the bidding and competition to be the owner of the Cowboys would be so incredibly high.
4: All right, on Saturday, Josh Allen was involved in a little dust-up at Bill's training camp. Now, during a two-point conversion drill, Buffalo defensive tackle Jordan Phillips bumped Allen, who, of course, was wearing the red QB jersey, so he's not supposed to be touched or hit. Allen took exception to it and started shoving Phillips. Teammates had to jump in to separate the two. Buy or sell that training camp dust-ups are good for teams. I'm going to buy it. Bye.
2: This is why I'm going to buy it. I don't think that it really matters. Thomas, you've done radio for a while. I've done radio for a while. Have you ever seen co-hosts argue with each other before? Oh, of course. And it always gets resolved, right? It does. The the, The two sides argue. They curse each other out. They leave. They come back. They hug it out. And the show goes on as planned. This is what happens when you get... Alpha male, competitive, machismo people in one situation. Sometimes arguments happen. Sometimes fights happen. Sometimes scuffle happens. This is a July argument between teammates. It's a little bit of pushing and shoving. In the end, everybody daps each other up. Yo, we got a Super Bowl to win. Let's move forward here. This is not a big deal to me. This is going to happen over the course of time. We're not talking about a Miles Garrett. He took his helmet off and swung it like a mace. We're talking about a training camp. You hit the quarterback. He pushes you. Everybody starts, John. We know how these situations go. This is not a big deal. I really would just not buy or sell it because I think it's a neutral. I don't think it has any effect on the team, but it's not called in the middle. It's called buy or sell. So I got to buy that this is good for teams.
4: All right, let's keep that NFL conversation going here. Chiefs left tackle Orlando Brown Jr., who skipped the first week of training camp because of a contract dispute will report to camp today and play on the franchise tag for $16.6 million this season. Kansas City reportedly wants to work on a long-term deal with Brown after this upcoming season. By herself, this was the best outcome for the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Starting to run out of money here buying all these things, but I got to buy it. Buy. He missed July unpadded practices. That's what we're talking about here. The Kansas City Chiefs put the pads on today for the first time. They just got there Wednesday. So we're talking about four days of unpadded shorts and a T-shirt. I show up the first day of pads ready to work. It's August 1st, and the season starts September 11th for the Chiefs. Yes, this is the best outcome for Kansas City. We get too caught up in guys that hold out. Think about all the holdouts that happened so far in the league. I believe this was the last one. Robert Quinn held out. He eventually showed up. DK Metcalf held out. He got his contract. Debo Samuel held out. He got his contract. Orlando Brown held out. He held out for three days. These were not holdouts. These were just a simple, eh, I'm not going to show up for the first week, but all right, it's time for me to show up. I'll be here. Let's go. Let's work. I'm ready to go get this money. I'm ready to go get this Super Bowl ring. I'm going to buy. This was by far and away the best outcome for the Kansas City Chiefs. He didn't miss anything.
4: Bye. All right, let's get to some college football here. Now, Dan Mullen fell short of lasting four full seasons in Gainesville as the Gators head coach after being fired last November. But he will reportedly be involved in college football this season. However, it will be for ESPN as an analyst. Now, prior to coaching at Florida, Mullen spent nine seasons coaching Mississippi State. Buy or sell Dan Mullen ever coaching again in the SEC.
2: Thomas, how much money do you think I have? I'm thinking about overdrafting my account.
4: I got to buy this one too.
2: Buy. You know what college football loves? A good retread coach. They love a good Steve Sarkeesian getting another chance. Elaine Kiffin getting another chance. Matt Brown getting another chance. Jim McElwain. They love it. Dan Mullen was a very good coach at Mississippi State. It didn't work at Florida. But he'll be back. Dan Mullen will be back. we will be coaching Vanderbilt in no time. Yes, you know how they'll sell it. Knows the SEC, knows how to recruit, knows how to win. We already see how this is going to play itself out. Yes, he'll be back. At this point, there's 19 teams in the SEC. He'll coach one of them. Yeah, buy this. I'm buying Dan Mullen being back in the, in
4: the SEC. Bye. That's true. If the SEC keeps expanding, Dan has uh, a lot more options. Yeah, they they got 19 teams in the league. He'll be back. All right, let's make our way to the NBA here. Now, despite two down seasons in a row for the Lakers, LeBron James is reportedly, quote, extremely happy in Los Angeles. Now, that has led many to believe the only reason that LeBron would ever leave the Lakers would be for the opportunity to play with his son, Bronny, who's eligible for the 2024 draft. Buy or sell LeBron James finishing his career with the L.A. Lakers.
2: Finally, I got to sell. Sell. Does this not feel like LeBron playing for one random team at the end of his career? I mean, that's how this story ends. That's how it ends for most players. That's how it ended for Hakeem Olajuwon playing for the Raptors. This is how it ended for Patrick Ewing playing for the Knicks. It ended for, for Michael Jordan that way playing for the Washington Wizards. LeBron doesn't finish his career with the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron finishes his career with the Sacramento Kings, and we never talk about it. That's how this ends. That's how it ends for everybody. That's how it ended for Allen Iverson, how it ended for just about everybody. And at this point, he's played for so many teams, I think he's going to play with the Lakers longer than he played with the Miami Heat. No, it's not going to happen. Yes, he will 100% play for the Lakers, or not play for the Lakers. He'll finish out his career in Oklahoma City. And he'll get his final year run with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And it's going to be incredibly weird seeing LeBron in a Oklahoma City Thunder uniform. Whenever we go back on his pro basketball reference page or we look at Google Images, we will always block out of our mind the time he played for the Thunder. The same way we do with Allen Iverson who played for the Pistons.
4: All right, the Miami Heat are said to be one of the teams interested in trading for Kevin Durant, but a deal has been slow to develop because of Pat Riley's hesitation to include Bam Adebayo in the deal. Now, over the weekend, Bam said he hopes to play for the Miami Heat for the entirety of his career. Buy or sell the Heat, including Bam Adebayo, in a deal for Kevin Durant.
2: I gotta sell it. Sell. Mm. Not to get super into the weeds when it comes to the NBA, CBA, but you can't directly trade Bam Adebayo to the Brooklyn Nets. You need other teams involved. I don't think the Miami Heat are going to go through all of that to then get rid of Bam Adebayo. So I actually believe that Bam's going to stay. I don't think that Devin Booker's going to get traded because he falls under the exact same rule as Bam Adebayo does. I think Bam stays. I think Bam Stang is the right decision. At this point, I am convinced that Kevin Durant is going to start the season with the Brooklyn Nets because Brooklyn is unrealistic in what they're asking for for Kevin Durant. The offer that they got from the Celtics was a more than fair offer. They got offered Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a draft pick. You got a young star, a key role player, a pick. Maybe a couple more picks we'll throw in there, but then they wanted Marcus Smart included. Like, come on now, relax. Brooklyn's asking price. Brooklyn wants Park Place and Boardwalk. You're not going to get Park Place and Boardwalk. You might get one of the green properties, but you're not getting both Park Place and Boardwalk. If that's what you're going into for the trade, that's a non-starter. I'm not trading you those. I can't win if I give you those two pieces. I'm not willing to do that. To me, that's what Brooklyn's trying to do. I think they're playing themselves. I don't think they're going to get Bam out of Bio. I'm selling this question.
4: I mean, if they're anything like me playing Monopoly, you can't play that game without getting in a little dust-up. It always leads to arguments. Oh, 100%. All right, let's finish up with some baseball here. Last question. Now, we have about 30 hours until the MLB trade deadline tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern time, and the two biggest names that are potentially out there are Shohei Ohtani and Juan Soto. Now, admittedly, the Angels trading Ohtani is unlikely, but according to reports, there are still three teams making an aggressive push for Washington's Juan Soto. That would be the Padres, Dodgers, and Cardinals. Buy or sell Juan Soto being traded by tomorrow's deadline.
2: I'm going to need a lot of money for this because I'm buying it. Buy. Look at the three teams that you just mentioned. The Padres. How are the Padres getting all this money? The Padres, over the last five years, turned into the New York Yankees without any of us noticing it. I don't know how or why they've turned into this, but... They just buy everything. Eric Hosmer, Machado, Tatis. If you need something, they always go get it. So the Padres, we know that they're willing to spend the money. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. And the Cardinals, even their quote in a small market, they've shown the ability to go out and make major offers to keep players. We've gone too far down the road in Juan Soto's conversation to think that he's going to finish out the season with the Washington Nationals. At this point, I think what we see is a team at the 12th hour realize hey everybody we got a chance to get a hall of fame caliber player here we got to put all our chips in the middle and try to go out and win a world series this season with the player of this caliber and eventually i think a team makes the move i think tomorrow early in the day this gets done and this is the top story tomorrow in the news cycle that juan soto has officially been traded And that is buy or sell for today. I'm happy because I didn't have a whole lot of money left after all that buying I did. I bought a lot of stuff there. It's like that one. Have you seen that meme with Michael Jackson when he walked into that store? Just walking around and pointing at things and just saying, I want it. He didn't even worry about the price. Just, I want it, I want it, I want it. He's had an endless tab at this place. They're like, yeah, we know Mike's good for it. Yeah, I'm sure Mike is good for it. I'm sure Mike's great. He's like, I love this store. I just go in I just buy whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure, Mike. That's what I was doing. Buy, 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 buying everything. All right, coming up, we'll get back to talking about Deshaun Watson and the top stories in the NFL. And if we're going to see a appeal from Roger Goodell, but first, let's get to a CBS Sports Radio update with Andrew Bogish.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? a here. Only at T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month. with Eligible trade-in when you switch. No.
2: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. The top story right now in the NFL is Deshaun Watson, who has been suspended six games by Judge Sue Robinson. Let's head to the phone lines right now and be joined by our next guest, Jared Dubin. He covers the NFL for CBSSports.com. Jared, how you doing today, my man? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing good. This is what I expected the ruling to be. I know the NFL put out that information a few weeks ago that they wanted a 17-game suspension. Once that started to happen, I thought the NFL got word that it wasn't going to be super strict, but at least wanted it on the record that they were leaning for a more harsh penalty for Deshaun Watson. But this news today was in line with what I've been thinking the last couple weeks or so, that this was going to be either a six- or eight-game suspension.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think... Never really know what a suspension is going to be in the NFL because they don't follow any coherent set of logic or precedent when it comes to these things, mostly because they don't have to. It's been ruled in court, uh, at least in the Southern District of New York, that they don't really have to follow any precedent. They don't really even have to explain their decisions when it comes to these kind of rulings. So I was among the camp that was like literally anything could happen. He could be suspended For 10 years, he could be suspended, not at all. And the NFL could just say, that's the ruling, and that's what it is. So I uh, was not quite as confident in a specific number of games as maybe some other people were, but certainly it seemed like it was trending this way over the last couple weeks.
2: I'm going to be really curious to see how Roger Goodell handles this situation because this process played itself out the way that people wanted it to play itself out. This was negotiated between the players and the owners that they wanted a third-party judge to come to a ruling and they wanted goodell to have less power but now that this has come back and i believe the suspension is less than what goodell wanted is he going to appeal this that may play towards public opinion but also could upset the players and owners that agreed to this deal how do you think Goodell's going to play this
3: well one thing i'm a little bit confused by is that you know the nfl retains the right to appeal and then roger goodell is the appeals officer but is goodell the one making the decision to appeal himself? Is it the owners? Is it somebody else in the league office that makes that decision to appeal? I'm not entirely sure how that process works, but if there is an appeal, then Goodell can basically just decide just to suspend Watson for however long he wants. And as long as the league files a suit in the Southern district of New York before Watson or the NFL can file in any other jurisdiction, then his ruling will be upheld almost no matter what, based on the precedent that's been set uh, in court cases filed in that district, which is you know where we had uh, Tom Brady's case back in the day where they ruled that essentially the, the NFL can suspend people for whatever reason for however long they want, and it's going to be upheld because that's what's in the CBA. Um, so I, I don't know exactly how that decision of whether or not to appeal is going to be made. But I do know that if Goodell changes the suspension so long as the lawsuit gets filed in New York and not anywhere else, it's very likely that it will be upheld.
2: I agree with you, and I I, I think that Goodell is going to push for this to be a double-digit suspension. I don't think that Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for a full year. I think that's a really big jump from the judge saying six games, and now you go to a year suspension, but I could see him adding on a couple of more games here and that Watson can't come back until around Thanksgiving or so where right now, right now, if I set the over under at six and a half, let's say, so let's add, there's a chance that it could be more. What would you take the over or the under on games Watson misses this year? <laughs> um, I mean, I guess it's, it's
3: still really difficult to know because the NFL, again, does not follow any sort of coherent logic in these kind of cases. So we don't know whether they'll say, you know what, the, the, and this is the first case that's gone to, you know, the independent arbitrator as well. So we don't really know whether the NFL, you know, likes to appeal these kind of things either. So any, anything I would say here is nothing more than a guess. Um, in that case, I mean, I guess under, because the NFL will not want the, the attention to keep being paid to this case and then would say, we're not going to appeal. We're just going to let the arbitrator's decision stand. But, again, that's nothing more than a guess on my part.
2: Right now we're talking to Jared Dubin here about the top story of the day in the NFL. Also get to some of the news and notes around the league. Now that we have this information regarding Deshaun Watson, I don't think that Cleveland makes a move at quarterback. Maybe they were going to if they were going to have a more lengthy suspension, but... If this is only going to be six games, I just don't see them in the market for Jimmy Garoppolo anymore. How do you think Cleveland plays out this suspension from the quarterback uh, perspective?
3: Yeah, I mean, they've been pretty clear. Like, Jacoby Brissett's going to start while Watson is suspended. I don't really see the need for them to go out and get somebody else. It's like, it maybe if Garoppolo gets released by the 49ers, then they'll take a look at that. But I don't see them really giving up more assets to go and get somebody else. Like, Brissett is perfectly fine as a fill-in starter for
2: a few games. I, I'm with you on Jacoby Brissett. I kind of call them high-end backup quarterbacks. That I don't think Jacoby Brissett can be your starting quarterback for 17 games that you can expect to make the playoffs, especially with how competitive the AFC is scheduled to be this year. But if you're telling me that you only need him for six games, especially with the schedule that Cleveland has the early part of the season, you very easily could go four and two, three and three, and then when Watson gets back for game seven, really make that push to try to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement. <laughs> right now we're talking to Jared Dubin here for a couple of more minutes here, talking some NFL news and notes. The other top story to me in the league is Jimmy Garoppolo and waiting for him to potentially get traded. Where could you see San Francisco moving Jimmy G to? The thing is
3: it might take a training camp injury to somebody's starter if the move is going to come via trade and not via him just getting released Um, because there doesn't seem to be uh, an obvious, like, shooter for him right now of a team that, like, needs to go get a starting quarterback upgrade, the one you would have thought maybe was Carolina, but then they went and got Baker Mayfield, you know, whether or not that's really a significant upgrade that's going to make a big difference for them. We could debate, but that was their, their move. The only team that seems like it probably does need a starter is Seattle, but the Seahawks don't seem to think they need a starter um, because Pete Carroll wants to run the ball 50 times a game and lean on his defense anyway, and uh, you don't necessarily need to pay Jimmy G like $25 million uh, to do that. You could just get away with Geno Smith or, or Drew Locke. That's what they think, at least. And uh, it's hard to see at least San Francisco trading Jimmy to a division rival. It's something that teams just don't like to do, even if it doesn't really make all that much sense and you should just take whatever the best return you can get for a particular player is. But if he's released, then I could see
2: that happening. I'm with you. You and I 100% agree when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. If I If I'm Seattle, I just try to – I just try to make do for this one individual year. Like, no one wants to go into a season feeling like you're inadequate at the quarterback position. But I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo makes enough of a difference that you make the playoffs if you make a trade for him. So, to me, the best thing for Seattle to do is learn what you have with Drew Locke. Maybe let Geno Smith start the year. You make a switch at some point. You win five games and go 5-12. and 12, And then you try to go find your quarterback this year. I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo moves the needle enough for them where they should go out and make a move with San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not going to be all that good of a team anyway,
3: I don't think, and uh, I'm not sure that they should necessarily want to be yet given the situation that their roster is in. They should probably be you know stockpiling some assets to figure out a way to make their team better over the next three, four years as opposed to, you know, we're going to make a doomed run at trying to get the
2: seventh seed in the NFC. Last question here, Jared, and I appreciate your time. Now that we've started camp and every team is practicing, who's the team that you think is flying under the radar? Who's the team that you think is going to make the playoffs but isn't getting enough of the national conversation?
3: I don't know if they're necessarily under the radar, but I think the Ravens are going to be better than people think and might be the best team in the AFC North. Um, Obviously, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year and are getting a lot of attention. Throughout the offseason, but Baltimore's situation last year was essentially entirely ruined by injuries, both to Lamar Jackson and the offensive line and basically their entire defensive backfield. That team's going to be obviously significantly healthier this year, and it's not like Lamar played terribly when he was on the field last year. As long as he's healthy and their defense is healthy again, I think they're going to be really good.
2: And that is Jared Dubin joining us on the show today. He covers the NFL for CBSSports.com. Jared, appreciate the insight and information. Thanks for joining us this morning.
3: Thanks for having me. Have a good
2: day. Absolutely. That's Jared Dubin joining us on the show today. He and I agree 100% with the Baltimore Ravens. It's like people have simply moved on from the Ravens. We're talking about a team who, before last season, had won double-digit games for three consecutive years. And last year were completely ravaged with injuries last season. Lamar got hurt. Two of their running backs got hurt. They had wide receiver injuries, cornerback injuries. There were a lot of things that went wrong last year for the Baltimore Ravens. And let's not forget that the Ravens were super competitive early in the season, but eventually the weight of all the injuries eventually crushed them. They got off to an 8-3 and three start last year before the injuries had started. They were 8-3. and three. Lamar played one more game after that, and they didn't win another game the rest of the season. And they were 8-3. and three. Lamar gets hurt week 13. He doesn't start anymore. They lose every single game the rest of the way. I think people have completely underestimated the Ravens. I got the Ravens making the playoffs as well. I have them winning the division and the Bengals being a wild card team. I agree with Jared 100%. I do expect this week, as we close things out here, I expect this week to be a really big week for Roger Goodell. Football starts on Thursday with the Hall of Fame game, and he has three days to make a decision about what they want to do regarding Deshaun Watson. The NFL has communicated that they wanted a more lengthy suspension. If this was the old system, I believe we would have a longer, more severe suspension for Deshaun Watson. But this is the system that all parties have agreed to. Goodell agreed to this, the players and the owners all agreed to this new system that would have it outsourced. At a minimum, I don't even think that Goodell can be a part of this one. I think he can be a part of the appeal process. I don't think he can hear the case. From Joe Banner, longtime NFL executive. Not sure if the NFL will appeal, but I'll be shocked if the commissioner hears hears the case himself. They don't want the people in the league or the fans to think that this process is rigged. If Roger hears this case himself, no matter what he rules, the process will lose all credibility. The purpose of this new system was to remove Goodell from having the power. Can he now go back on that and reinsert himself in this conversation? I don't know if he can. I understand the severity of this and what Deshaun Watson is accused of doing, but I'm not sure if he can be the one to completely put himself in the middle of this and try to right this wrong, so to speak. I think he's going to have to play this a little bit differently. This is a really big week for the NFL, a really big week for Roger Goodell, who wants to appear tough on these issues. But I don't know if he can here. My name is Carrington Harrison, filling in for Bill Ryder today. It was an honor to sit in with you on this Monday. I hope you have a fantastic day. Keep it locked in here on CBS Sports Radio.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.